1: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's
2: your host, Steve Saki. Good afternoon, it's Steve Saki, welcome to the Final Inspection Show, yes, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, and uh, also joining me is the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, how you doing, sir?
0: Yeah, what a beautiful day, Steve.
2: It certainly is. It'd be a beautiful day to get out the Great Lakes Dragway, too, this weekend, and, uh, course uh it's fall but there's no reason why you can't go out to great lakes dragway with weather like this certainly had a cool day yesterday but things are warming up nicely we got sun and actually going to even warm up during the week and next week should be next weekend should be spectacular too so uh it, it may be fall but there's no reason why you can't enjoy the weather whether it's going to great lakes dragway or looking at new or used certified used cars at david hobbs honda at 6100 north green bay road so jeff a lot of a lot of activities going on and big show today of course uh we're and of course the big news for race fans especially for us in wisconsin uh what a night uh sam mayor franklin wisconsin had on thursday night uh kind of reverse uh reverse racing here because they were supposed to do the arca race and then do the uh the um the gander mountain truck series and the arca race was delayed so they ran the, the truck series first and in, Only in his seventh truck series race Sam Mayer took control to last probably I think third of the race uh, Ran away with it and, and just looked so impressive. He wasn't done yet though Following race the Arca race in which you know if Ty Gibbs is in it It's it's basically, you know almost a cup quality car in the Arca series uh, With so much uh, backing with that it's, it's in a class of its own They uh, he was ha- had I had issues with a, a very loose car all, all all race but Sam Mayer once again dominated that race and and just uh you know drivers reach plateaus Jeff in their careers and and he is certainly uh has arrived at that next one hasn't he oh
0: he sure has he is definitely a rising star and you know watching that truck race there was uh there was a time and you know, obviously hats off to, to, to mayor. He, he raced phenomenal. His car was great. Uh, kept his nose out of trouble. I got a kick, uh, for a while there. To, I think it was in, you know, stage one, uh, where you had, uh, Sauter, mayor and Kraus running two, three, four. You got 75% of the top four, all from Wisconsin. That was, uh, that was good to see. But, um, You know, he definitely made his mark. And the fact that he's not, you know, he's just barely old enough to, uh, you know, to sit there and and run in the series, uh, hats off to him, man. Franklin, Wisconsin zone, that's just, that's amazing. And what a wonderful job. There's no way in heck where if that was me, Steve, that I would have been able to get back in that car and win the ARCA race, I would have been smiling ear to ear uh, the entire uh, the entire race. It had to be hard to concentrate. Well, it
2: certainly must boost your your confidence, you know. Winning the truck race and then saying, "Oh, I got to run the ARCA race." Well, this should be pretty easy. But, you know, of course, you know Ty Gibbs has looked very, very good. And you know, there's there's some people saying out there, well, he's got the equipment to win, you know. And but you know, the kid is talented. But and like I said, he's been pretty much it, it's Ty Gibbs and then you have the 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 Venturini uh, Motorsports you know Toyotas and you have the Scott Mayer 21 car uh, almost in a, in a B class but he was just just in a class in itself in itself for that Arca race so he goes on wins that you know and I, and I go back you know this is a kid who's rises up every division he's a winner in every division he's raced in he's shown the talent. And to be honest, we've seen this before. You know, but this is a kid where you see it develop and develop. And he was very, very fast when he started to drive the full body stock cars at a very young age of fifteen, if you, even younger with with the late models. but I, I go back, I still go back to that ARCA race at uh, Pocono in I think it was June where you know he's he's looked fast but sometimes he would get into trouble wreck or overdrive the car put put himself in a bad position this was a case at pocono where he didn't have the car to win but and it was probably a, a a a fifth place car but he worked he managed it he managed it of course ty gibbs ran away with the race if i recall but he got the car up to third place and i was more impressed with that because I thought he overachieved with a, with a, basically a fifth place car, getting it up to third place. Showed a lot of maturity, worked with the pit crews, worked with the tire management. And uh, I thought, you know, this is the, I thought, okay, now he's got to that plateau. And now this uh, last Thursday, I think he's reached another plateau where your confidence level and everything. Of course, the big news too, last, uh, last week was him signing with uh, Junior Motorsports. And once he hits 18, he's going to be full-time then on the Xfinity Series. That has to give you a boost of confidence. So things are certainly welcome, uh, looking good for Franklin Owens' uh, Sam Air
0: oh yeah the the sun is is shining on uh on that young man, and uh you know he's definitely proven that you know given the right equipment and everything like that, he's mature enough to stay out of trouble. You know it's one thing to uh stay out of trouble and and get a better finish with uh with your car at Pocono. It's a whole other to do it in Thunder Valley at Bristol, where you are door to door basically the entire race. And uh, for him to stay out of trouble, the, uh, the whole truck race there, and, and it was a good race. You know, uh, it, it wasn't like it was, uh, it was boring. He, he ran top five the whole time. He didn't really uh, crack the lead until, you know, midway through. But, uh, you know, a phenomenal race, and that kid is going to have so much success. I, I it's funny when uh, when they were interviewing him after the truck race. It looks like he hasn't had to shave once in his life. That kid looks young, Steve.
2: Yeah, he does. And uh, d- let's take a look at the results here. Yeah, of course, yeah, Mayor finishing first over Brett Moffitt. And uh, one thing we need, when you look at the top uh, you know, 20, uh, a lot of the, the playoff guys didn't do that well. I mean, Brett Moffitt was the, the highest-placing uh, driver that that's in the playoffs. And then you have to go all the way down to 7th and 8th place where you have Grant Enfinger and Tyler Ankrum, And then you have Kraft and Creed, Eckes, uh roads and uh garland or uh Gilland, you know finishing uh, 11th through 15th so i thought that was kind of interesting too you have uh tanner gray and parker kligerman who's running part-time uh, does pretty well and that's one of his better tracks parker kligerman uh finishing fourth trevor bain and fifth in that 45 Nice truck who took over for ty majeski uh ty majeski who certainly has struggled uh, and then you, you show Bain going into that car and gets a top five. That doesn't really bode well, for, unfortunately, for Ty Majewski. Uh And he, hopefully he can regroup and kind of get his NASCAR career back underway. Uh, any any comment on that, Jeff?
0: It definitely is uh, not not good for Majesky there with how well uh, Trevor Bain did run, but. You know, you got to keep in mind. Trevor Bain has got so much more experience than Majeski does, both on the uh, Cup level. You know, just in all three NASCAR series. So, you know, he won at the on the Cup uh, level. You know, he's Daytona 500. You know, you
2: do expect that. <laughs> Yeah, you certainly do, and you know, well, well, and it's so difficult with a lot of these drivers.
0: Uh, change the you know, result there from where that car, or I'm sorry, where that runs to where it finished uh, at Bristol.
2: Yeah, it. Uh, your phone was cutting out there, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, you look at you know somebody like Ty Jeske. Unfortunately, in the past, you know, they you put a driver in, and he would be able to get some, you know, get the reps. And what's so common with these drivers? Especially with Ty, you're not getting the full reps. Now, granted, he get he got a lot of starts this year. Maybe it just wasn't a good fit. Uh, maybe it wasn't, you know, the best communication between him and the crew chief. Who knows? But uh, you know, it, it just with with the times now, these young drivers certainly have to produce, or they'll be looking uh, to put somebody else. Because that's let's face it, there's so many good young drivers. You look at the Truck Series too which is developing some really serious uh talent and then moving up into the next series case in point sam Mayer. and i did want to kind of bring up this point where there's been you know some some talk about well he's just a rich kid and that well granted you know let's face it the the economics of racing has certainly has evolved over the last 20 years even more so in the last 10 years and that's gone all the way down into pretty much all the NASCAR ranks even in somewhat uh, if you look at USAC racing some of the dirt car racing you know unless you have a checkbook with you it's really hard to get a ride Uh, and so let's face it with his father uh, Scott Mayer and that who's done some racing himself in the past Sam Mayer does have the means Uh, his father has invested a lot into his career uh, my my guess would be somewhere over two million dollars probably in this career so far, if not more. And but you still have to produce. And anybody who looks at that kid can see yes he is talented. And because of his father, he's been able to show that. But you still have to show the results with that. And that unfortunately is is the issue that you're running with. I mean, there's only the there's only there's not too many kids out there. Uh, case in point, you look at Kyle Larson, why he ended up on Chip Ganassi racing, was because Chip was the only one that offered him a ride uh, without bringing in his checkbook. So, you know, it, it's certainly an issue in racing nowadays, and it's it, it's kind of a sad commentary that without a checkbook, Jeff, it's really hard for these young drivers to develop their talent.
0: It is. You know, it is sad that racing has come to that, but, uh, you know, that's the, the day that we're in, and with uh, limited sponsorship and, Sponsorship dollars being down overall, you know. Unfortunately, that's the state of the sport. But uh, you know, you do have to have talent as well. And you know, if you sit there and throw two million dollars at uh, at Sam uh, Mayer's car, and you know, you you see the results that you get. He wins the, the truck race at Bristol. You give me $2 million to spend on a truck and see what I can do at Bristol, I guarantee you I'm not parking that bad boy at Victory Lane. So, you know, yes, finances is is a big part, but you also have to have the talent to go
2: along with it. Steve Zaki talking to the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski in the Great Midwest Hotline on the final inspection show here, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobson. Uh, Got a full show today. Uh, we're gonna be taking a break here, here in just a moment, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about the Xfinity Series at Bristol last night. Uh, Jeff will get us up to date on the happenings there. Uh, then uh, the second half of the hour, we'll be returning with Dennis Michelson, and he's gonna give us some, a little more uh, insight on on Sam Mayer. Uh, Dennis was able to spend some time uh, with with the mayors and that, and uh, uh, kind of walk us through his early earlier days before he got into NASCAR. And then also get get you up to date with some NASCAR news. The second half of the show, uh, Guy Hobbs will be joining us. We'll be talking IndyCar racing and maybe a little Formula One. Lots of stuff happening in IndyCar racing. Mid Ohio last week, and plus some uh, silly season, uh, some rides in that developed uh, for 2021, and also a new venue too for the IndyCar series. We'll be talking about that. And then also with Eddie Lapine uh, from RacingNation.com, we'll give he'll give us an update on the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Certainly a different different scene there in france uh this weekend where uh, no fans uh in uh le mans and uh they'll be racing of course at circuit de la sarthe and it's uh kind of an odd scene with uh these cars out there and uh where you know you get probably almost a quarter million people there uh in france uh none just uh participants corner workers and whatnot so uh we'll talk to eddie about that and also our we'll have uh, finally the sh- uh, end of the show, we'll have uh, three questions with Larry Janicek and see if he can stump me. And I uh, think think there's a chance he might be. So we're uh, broadcasting in the David Hobbs Mobile Studio here at Road America for the Aaron's Fall Vintage Festival. Uh, great, great weather out here. It runs through uh, Sunday, so come on up to Road America. A lot of neat cars up here, too uh we've been uh guy Hobbs is with me now we've been kind of checking things out all weekend and uh uh, the neat thing is uh, a lot of different race cars because the uh, hr hrs is out here the uh historic sports cars uh and uh so we have a a different mix of cars that you would usually see up at uh, road america but lots of doings to it and in Elkhart lake this evening too we'll talk about that and more coming up next on the final inspection show
1: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
2: welcome back to the final inspection show broadcasting live from road america for the aaron's fall festival vintage fall festival here at road america great weather here uh taking a lunch break now but uh we'll have uh cars back on the track soon here in just a moment and uh joining me on the great midwest bank hotline of course the polish pipe I'm jeff Orlowski. and uh last night uh racing at Bristol for the Xfinity Series, and uh, Chase Chase Briscoe won the Food City uh, 300. Uh, his seventh win of the year, Jeff, first at Bristol, his ninth career win, and a uh, pretty impressive run by Chase Briscoe, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was impressive. Uh, it was a great race last night in the Xfinity Series, and again, it was kind of like uh, three separate races all in one. Justin Allgaier, you know, came out and, and pretty much dominated the first half of the race, and you thought he was just going to drive away with that thing for uh, his third win in a row. And then he had some problems, end up getting uh, getting into the fence a little bit, and uh, and he dropped back. And then Austin Sindrick, uh was at, at the point for a while and had a real strong car until his power steering went out with about fifteen. Uh, about 25 laps to go last night. Uh, he lost his power steering and, uh, the fact that he was able to hold on for those final 25 laps and bring it home for a third place finish was, uh, was pretty amazing. And then, you know, Briscoe obviously took advantage, but, uh, you know, to me, one of the big storylines of, uh, the race last night was Ross Chastain and, uh, you know, I I want to root for this kid. Uh, he you know, I he seems like my kind of driver, and all that. But man, does he get his fenders dirty? That kid is not he is not scared to uh, put the fender, the chrome horn, uh, pretty much on anybody.
2: Well, yeah, and he he is getting quite the reputation, and you wonder. You know, for me, I mean, there there's we've been saying that on the show for a while. there there's There's a finesse way to I guess there's there there's the bump and run. You know rubbing is not you know Rubin is racing and all that stuff, but crashing isn't. And I don't know if this is something uh, eventually he'll kind of catch on to if maybe one of the senior drivers or maybe sit down with him. And say, you know, you need to settle down a little bit. I mean, we we said it, and we said this in a previous segment. Sometimes it, it's a lot easier to, to slow down a driver than speed one up. He hasn't yeah. put it all together yet, and and you know, it's certainly kind of frustrating. And you know, he's not the most favorite person in the garage area. I understand you're trying to. Uh, you know, you're trying to get rides, you're trying to increase your, your your popularity, or you can get wins and all that stuff. But he hasn't won yet this year, and you wonder, you know, like I said with Sam Mayer, with with, with that Pocono deal, he had a fifth place car. He understood how to make the car better. He turned it into a third place car. He wasn't going to win the race, and I think that happens with with Chastain. He'll have a third place car, but he's going to try and get the win instead of maybe, you know, and instead of pissing people off, just kind of deal the cards that are played to you. Now, granted, he isn't in playoffs. This was the last regular season race of the year. We'll get, we'll go through the the drivers that made the playoffs because there's one driver in there that I'm kind of, kind of rooting for, even though I don't think he has much of a chance. But yeah, he is a kind of a frustrating, uh, frustrating driver. And the second uh, part of that, though, Jeff, is. Let's face it, the Cup Series, you want to be able to put a clean car in the trailer, don't you? And that, in, in the long run, they might go against them, won't it?
0: Yeah, it, it definitely will. And teams are going to be wary of signing him to a deal at the next level with how expensive the cars are. And I don't care if it's the kind of car that they're running now or, uh, you know, the, the new car that they're going to unveil after next season. You can't sit there and wear out your equipment and keep those body shop guys busy every single week of the season. You know, it's too expensive, and, uh, you know, those guys uh, could be utilized in in other spots besides just fixing the car. It was interesting when him and Noah Gregson, and uh, they were racing each other. And Chastain got into the back, tried doing the bump and run on Gregson, ends up pulling alongside him, and and Gregson door slammed him. And, uh, you know, it was really early in the race, and then they, uh, they played the audio of uh, Gregson's spotter telling him to calm down and be patient and all that. Uh, Chastain reminds me a lot of Noah Gregson, but the difference yeah. is... You know, I think that Chastain will learn where I think that Noah Gregson hasn't learned. I think Gregson's in better quality equipment, but Chastain gets the more consistent, better finishes just because he's figured out a way to, A, you know, do a little bit of damage to the other guys without hurting his car too much but he's smart enough to get his car to the end where i think gregson takes a lot more chances and a lot of them are are catastrophic and and cost him the day yeah
2: you see and once again and this is where we've we've been saying this for 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 a couple of years that uh nascar really needs to work with the truck series and the Xfinity Series by growing their own crop of drivers, and we're, we're, we're finally seeing the fruits of that because there's a bunch of young drivers in the Truck Series, and once again, in the Xfinity Series, too, you got you have a really neat uh, group of young drivers here, which I actually look forward to seeing. You know, got Chase Briscoe, who won last night, fantastic driver, Indiana driver, you know, coming from the Sprint Car ranks. This kid is full of talent. We talked about Ross Chastain, Austin Sindrick. It's fun when you have a driver... Okay, let's face Austin Sendrick. He had an easier way into where he's at now than some drivers. He's the son of uh, uh, Tim Sendrick, who's head of uh, uh, Penske. Uh, but he's been fast and very talented. He initially came through the road racing side It's pretty much almost raced everything even early on open wheels But because of his height and that he's just a little bit too big for open wheel racing He fits better in the NASCAR uh, race car at this point, but you can really see this year he, He's, he's gone into that comfort zone he's he's able you know he was real competitive on the road courses but now the, the the light has finally come on on the oval tracks and is pretty much competitive at every track now Harrison Burton once again is is is, is certainly progressing well Anthony Alfredo too he's a young driver he's been kind of a little bit under the radar but has certainly he has shown some uh, strength over or uh, this year so far in that 21 car hasn't he
0: He has and uh, last night was uh you know kind of a um uh example of taking a fifth place car and driving it to third with Alfredo uh he, his car was just so ill handling at the beginning of that race and he was falling back and back and back and he just went further and further down the leaderboard and he was able to sit there and you know him and his team work on that car get it better over the the course of the race and he ended up with uh, one heck of a finish so You know, there's a lot of drivers that sit there and when things aren't going their way, you know, call it either panic or maybe they lose uh, a little bit of interest and they're not up on the wheel as much as they should be. Uh, Alfredo uh, showed that uh, he's part of the other class that will sit there and, and, you know, work through the difficulties, able to, you know, communicate with his team enough to get some of the problems figured out and to end up with a better day than he probably deserved last
2: night. Right, right, very good. And uh, let's talk about the drivers who made the playoffs uh, for the Xfinity Series. Of course, uh, Chase Briscoe, who has been so dominant, and then probably the other, I think it's going to be between these two guys for the championship, uh, Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick. Of course, you have the veteran in the number seven car, Justin Allgaier, and then also making it the the aforementioned uh, Noah Gregson. Brandon Jones in the 19, who was just crashing cars left and right once again he's another guy who finally is starting to show some mat- maturity and i think he's what, he has three or four wins uh, this year uh, and is, is certainly has progressed a lot further than I th- than he... He certainly looked uh, when they first came to Daytona in February. His his career has certainly progressed nicely. Justin Haley, Harrison Burton also making it, Ross Chastain. Ryan Sieg, who's been... He's just one of those guys he's always in the mix. He's not in the best equipment, but he's always makes a uh, generally good, uh, good showing of himself. Michael Annette, who... Is a full timer, but is is pretty much just a super speedway uh, threat at this point. Riley Herbst, we've we've talked about him on this show, uh, in very good equipment, but there's just uh he gets into a high pressure situation and, and the mistakes start coming with him he's certainly a frustrating driver in that 18 car uh and then of course uh now it's been he's been running the he's registered as 86 but he's been running number 68 in honor of his, of his father He's fighting cancer and that's brandon brown that's the kid i wanted to mention uh, i'm really happy for this kid that they made it into the playoffs it's a low buck operation and uh, it, it's one of the good stories, and it's good to see that this can uh, you can still kind of have a, a, a family kind of base low buck operation, even though it might not necessarily be that low buck, but cons- you know in, 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 in comparison to the other teams, uh, it's certainly nice to see Jeff uh, Brandon Brown in the, in the playoffs in the Xfinity series.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is, and that's one of the treats of the Xfinity series and the Truck series as well is that you will get some lower budget teams that get into the playoffs. A because you know car counts are, are generally down, but B you know the um, the competition level you know that no one is spending uh, ahead and like. You know, completely head and shoulders above everybody else on uh, the Xfinity series or the truck series. So, those guys are are better able to uh, compete with the larger teams. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a two man race with uh, Cindric and Briscoe. We talked about it after they ran at Daytona. How, you know, those are the only two Fords in the entire field in the truck series. And for them to, uh, to both be the two title favorites in our opinion, uh, both point wise, Austin Cindric won the regular season title. Chase Briscoe has the most wins this year. Uh, just success and points wise, that's that's mighty impressive. That you know, a manufacturer has only two rides, and they're both at the top of the game.
2: Certainly is. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, they they certainly look good. Those are, yeah, I would say the two uh, the two favorites uh, going into this. Uh, uh, final uh, end of the season here in the nascar xfinity series uh, let's take a quick break now you're listening to the final inspection show with steve Zaki, along with the polish pipe bomb jeff orlowski brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove along with our friends at david hobbs honda make sure to check out david hobbs dot com for the latest and new and don't forget certified used Honda uh, cars at davidhops When we come back, we're going to talk with Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. We're going to talk about the Cup Series and uh, see what's going on with there. And also, will give you a little more background on Sam Mayer from Franklin, of course, who uh, who double double winner on Thursday up at Bristow So certainly a great story. Good to see the hometown kid do well, and he certainly has a bright future. We're going to f- talk more NASCAR and Sam Mayer coming up next on the final inspection show
1: final inspection final inspection now dennis michelson of d mike media is here to give us the inside track on nascar and the world of short track racing
2: and welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove along with david hobbs honda Joining us, yes, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from D-Mike Media, Dennis Michelson. How are you doing, sir? I am doing
3: fantastic, guys. It's great to be here.
2: And, of course, it's uh, Bristol and one of our favorite tracks, of course, and uh, the Cup Series is racing tonight, and uh, what what says you about the Cup Series tonight? What do you think?
3: This should be very interesting to see how this race goes. Uh, And there's some weird statistical anomalies going into this race. If I were to ask you, who was the only driver who has scored five top ten finishes in the last five races at Bristol? I bet you wouldn't say Clint Boyer, but that's it. So one of the bubble boys has a really good streak of top ten finishes going at Bristol. And that sets him up for a chance to make it into the round of twelve. But I'm kind of liking Kyle Busch's chances, even though he didn't get the best of draws for the starting lineup. I like his chances of uh, making some noise today, maybe finally, finally stopping that windless
0: drought. Well, like you mentioned with uh, Clint Boyer, Dennis, uh, Ryan Blaney has led the most laps the last few trips to Bristol. He ha- He hasn't won. But uh, he's led a bunch of laps there too, so he's below the line, and he's basically a, a win or you're out uh, with this being a, a playoff cutoff race and four drivers dropping out of the playoffs. So he's got a good shot as well of advanced. Yeah, yeah.
3: Absolutely. And that's what makes this so exciting is some of the guys that you know are needing a good finish have had a good track record here at Bristol. Uh, in the recent history, and it's important to say recent history because you're going back again with that 750 horsepower, you know, uh, package, and they haven't been running that all that uh, that long. So it's it's kind of a weird deal where as they took power away from the cars, you saw a different result at Bristol, and now giving the power back here, uh, it's. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, do these stats hold? Do we see just a crazy win? You know, we had no caution flags at all at the action track last week, except for stage breaks and the competition caution. Do we see the same thing at Bristol and turn it into a fuel mileage race here, too? I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff that could go on here tonight, but it's Bristol, baby. And that means it's going to be
2: exciting. That's a good point, Dennis. Um, I think you know, adding a horsepower, you would think that would help a driver like Kyle Busch. You know, a kid, yeah. a kid so talented, it, it seems like that, that that should be his forte. But like I said, you know, the one thing he's been battling all year long is that lack of practice. And you wonder, you know, coming off, you know, can can that team actually be fast, you know, when they come off the truck?
3: And that is a problem is there are certain guys that have done really, really well in being able to come up to speed. And look at Martin Truex Jr. as a classic example. When they first came back from the pandemic and they were doing no, you know, qualifying, no practice, he was not one of the best guys. But once that team got used to this routine, they have gotten onto a pretty nice tear here. But there are other guys like Kyle Bush that – You know, he's such a a refinement guy. He's such a run some hard laps in practice. You know, sometimes guys just go out there, some of the veterans, and they just put in some laps and make sure the car is in one piece and there's really not that important adjustments. Kyle Busch has always been one of those big adjustment guys. So it makes kind of uh, some sense that he's been struggling here. And when we say struggling, he's still running up front. He's still scoring top tens. It's just that he hasn't won a race all year. And that is shocking when it comes to a guy like Kyle Busch.
2: Yeah, it certainly his, You know, you can see the frustration with that and it, it'll be interesting, you know, especially with Blaney and, and Kyle Busch too, you might see some excitement because uh, if they need to get that win, I don't think they're going to be afraid to get up on some people tonight. Well, Blaney I don't came
0: think- out and said, you know, that if uh, he's faster and you're in front of him, look out because he's not going to sit behind and wait. He will, he will lay uh, some chrome horn on you to to get you out of the way, and that's what's going to be uh, the most entertaining. With this being a cutoff race, you've got guys that need to basically win to advance. Ryan Blaney's one, D. Benedetto's another one. This is one of his better tracks. So it, uh, I, there's going to be fireworks galore. There is not a chance in hell that this thing goes caution free, with the exception of stage breaks.
2: Dennis, uh, is 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 this something that the spotters may be able to help? You know hey you know car coming up behind you especially in the in the first two stages or first half of the third stage where you you're gonna have that ebb and flow and where if especially if uh you know there's some different pit strategies and guys are faster on newer tires uh these spotters really have to do tell the drivers you know car coming up on you give them some room and you know we can get we'll get them uh, later in the race can't they
3: yeah, I I think you're going to look at a case where a lot of guys are not going to be willing to really hang it all out until you get into maybe that last 50 to 100 laps. So it, it's going to be very interesting because I don't really think we've got a real good feel for who's going to be necessarily the guy to beat tonight. Um you know, because we we have so many differences than the last time we were racing at Bristol with something on the line. And, man, this is something else to have Bristol to be an elimination race. I kind of like that part of it.
0: Well, it wouldn't be uh, Saturday if I didn't complain about something. So here we go. <laughs> I will complain that uh, this Bristol is a perfect track and a perfect example why I don't like the fact that the top 16 playoff drivers are starting in the top 16 position. Because if, you, you know, you want to sit there and the guys who did not make the playoffs, they're running for stuff too. You can't tell me Tyler Reddick isn't itching to get a win and, uh, you know, Ryan Newman and, you know, just everybody else. They're, they're itching to, to prove themselves as well. And then you go to a track where, You know, you're starting 17th or less, and you're going to sit there and, you know, about lap eight, they're going to start lapping guys. So they start from way behind the eight ball. And uh, it just, to me, it's less exciting that way.
3: Yeah, one guy who's really had a good run as far as top ten finishes Here over the last five races. And again, I like to use last five races as being relative because you're always seeing so many changes in the track, the way they're treating the track with this, you know, grip compound and all these other things that they do. Seems like you go back any farther than five races and it's really a waste. One of those guys is one of the non cup guys and one of the guys looking to grab a win in his last season. It's Jimmy Johnson with four uh, top 10 finishes in the last five races here. But you're right. Anybody who is starting after the top 16 guys is certainly at a huge disadvantage here at Bristol, the way we've seen racing lately, uh, you know, at all of the tracks, but especially here at at Bristol Motor Speedway.
2: Dennis, if Jimmy Johnson wins a race in the remaining races, I will drive down to Danville, Illinois, and buy you a dinner at the restaurant of your choice down there. It ain't going to happen. <laughs>
3: Hey, well, I'll take you up on that because there's no lot, there's no you know chance to lose for me because I didn't say
0: I would do it if he didn't win. So uh, that works out good for me either way. Uh,
2: let's well, talk I don't silly. Think there's season. a
0: chance for Steve to lose either because uh,
2: <laughs>
0: you know I don't think there's too many uh, restaurants in Danville where uh, you know steak and lobster is a main dish that's like a hundred dollars a plate. So I think it's a win-win for both of you.
2: Uh, we'll go over to
3: the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. The, the some of the best no, food no, you could ever no, have around. Be,
2: it has to be in the town limits, city limits. Okay, in well, well, right here. <laughs> then I'm gonna
3: order something off of everything on the menu at the Gilbert Street Cafe. You love that place. <laughs>
2: We're talking with Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Let's talk silly season. You know, earlier in the year there was a rumor that the the 48 car at Hendrick might be actually going away, but this that has certainly quieted over the last month or so. Uh, who, wh- where, where are we going to see? Are we going to now? There was some talk earlier in the week that you know Kyle Larson had not applied for reinstatement, and I mean, are we going to see Kyle Larson in the 48 car? Uh, are we going to see him in the 14? Uh, anything new there? Or Bubba, what's going on with Bubba? Of course, we also, they announced that uh, uh, Daniel Suarez is not going to be in the 96 car anymore. And of course, uh, uh, also Lejoy Corey Lejoy was also leaving uh, that team. So anything going on? Have you heard anything?
3: Well, what I've heard is a lot of rumors about some teams cutting uh, some cars for next year. So, you know, we're, What we're expecting in the the big driver shuffle is going to be dependent on who loses rides and who else is a free agent. And it's pretty crazy because at the beginning of the year, very early on into this season, back right before the pandemic hit, um, there were rumors that Bubba Wallace would be out of the 43 car, but not because he was going somewhere better but because they were unhappy with his performance and that this was a make-or-break season for him. And then, lo and behold, now, all of a sudden, he's got some sponsors interested in him, and all of a sudden, he seems to be a guy that is rumored to maybe go to Hendricks, maybe to go to other teams. You've got teams shutting down, and guys like Ty Dillon, who's going to have no problem with funding of a ride because of his granddaddy, And he, you know, where does he go? I mean, all of these these dominoes need to start falling into place until we get a real good read on who's going where. But I would not be surprised if some of these big teams do cut back because there's going to be a big drop in prize money next year in NASCAR, and there's already been a big drop in sponsor value. So, you know, if there's not as much money, there's not going to be as many – uh, rides out there and another year of waiting for this new car that's supposed to save everybody money. How many times have we heard that in NASCAR? New rules going to save you money and they never seem to anyway. But the long and the short of it is there is a lot more uncertainty than there is certainty going into this silly season.
0: Dennis, if you had to put a percentage on it, what would the chances be? With Ty Dillon leaving his team, that RCR fields another car and you get both grandsons racing for their grandfather? Oh, I, I don't know if, if that makes sense. But
3: then again, where does the sponsorship come from? Do, does RCR, are they able to find all the sponsorship they need or is there going to be, you know, problem-finding sponsors for that kid? Because he hasn't performed has he not performed though because the cars are bad or because his talent isn't there I mean there's there's so many uncertainties that go into this whole thing that you know you just have to kind of keep wondering okay what is going to happen and uh, who is the guy to beat who is this I mean there's just so much uncertainty right now that's why I, I don't have a real good feel for who's going to be doing what because there's just way too much uncertainty going on in NASCAR right now.
2: Yeah, there certainly is. And with Ty Dillon, I mean, uh, are, could we see the Richard Childress Winery uh, you know, sponsoring for the, so, for the full <laughs> season? I think not. So it'll be interesting to see where, but let's face it, I don't think there's too many people that worried about Ty Dillon, where he's going to land in 2021 to be.
3: No, I think on the big scheme of things, that's, Way down the radar of uh, what uh, fans or sponsors really care about right
2: now. This is true. All right, Dennis. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get our predictions for Bristol and then also uh, some other news in NASCAR. I wanted to go over with you guys when we when we come back on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobson. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zasky along with the Polish Pipe Bomb. Jeff Berlowski and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is Dennis Michelson. And uh, kind of a surprise, uh, when I want to talk to you guys about uh, Richmond TV ratings, of course, last week, last Saturday's NASCAR Cup Series playoff race from Richmond. Average a 1.0 rating on NBC Sports Network, marching the, mark, marking it as the least watched race at the track since 2001 are you guys kind of surprised by this
3: i'm not surprised at all um i've been actually very disappointed in what we've seen with nascar ratings before any other sports came back remember
2: nascar had it all to
3: themselves and yes they were the highest rated sports event every week going up against replay sports but and they're still competitive when it comes to looking at the ratings of sporting events. But this was supposed to be the big chance for NASCAR to shine. Everybody was locked down. Nobody could do anything. Now there's actual events going on, you know, in in different communities in some states uh, where they're allowed to actually have some fun. And the NBA playoffs are back. The Major League Baseball is back. And now all of a sudden, and now NFL is back, and here goes NASCAR. You know, thankfully, it was a Saturday night race. You know, they didn't have much, you know, what what was it, Slippery Rock versus Eastern uh, Abnormal University, um, about the only two teams playing last week. Um, and that, Oh, or maybe Coastal Carolina versus Western Kentucky. I know that one was a thrill to all the college football fans. That was what NASCAR was going up against, and they had the worst ratings in almost 20 years. It, what it goes to show you is that auto racing is only popular with non-racing fans for the Tona 500 for NASCAR and the Indianapolis 500 for uh, open wheel. The rest of the year, forget it. Um, and that's the sad part. And what that's going to lead to is a drop in television rights next time those contracts come around?
0: I'll tell you, I'm surprised, Steve. I thought that the ratings would be higher. Richmond is one of the most entertaining tracks, usually on a week-in, week-out basis. So I thought that uh, that alone would would help. But I think that there's a serious problem with the way that NASCAR markets itself. Unless you watch uh, NASCAR Race Hub or the Dale Jr. Download. Uh, or are watching that week's NASCAR race? You don't see any commercials for uh, for NASCAR coming, and uh, true. you know I think they just they're doing a really poor job of uh, of getting getting the marketing out there. The marketing out there.
2: That, that's an interesting point because I know, especially when uh, Indy 500, IndyCar racing was on ABC, there's such a level of frustration because. You know what the date, especially with Fox. Fox does a very good job at promoting NASCAR, probably the best. And you certainly see that with Daytona. I mean, when the playoffs in the NFL start in uh, January, or not even earlier in December, they start doing promos for the Daytona 500, just planting that seed. And sometimes they're just a 10-second promo, and you, you just want to put that little caveat. And it was interesting. Uh, I think that's one thing NBC, especially NBC Sports Network, needs to know. You know, you listen to some of the other radio stations or other. I, I heard some people saying they didn't even know the Indy 500 was coming up. You know, when it when they ran it, you know, last month. And you know, it's it, it certainly it's something they can work on. And I'm sure the powers to be at IndyCar and Sixteenth and Georgetown are, are are aware of this, and NASCAR too. Uh, you know that. NBC maybe needs to do that because in the past they've they've done well. They've they've turned around uh you know icons like the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby was nowhere 15 20 years ago. It was for old people. People used to make fun of it. Now it's kind of hip again. And that's when uh we well, when when uh NBC took over IndyCar racing, we were kind of looking for that same thing, the people you know, involved in the sport. And you wonder it is certainly kind of a head scratcher, Dennis. You know, uh, with with the ratings kind of tanking as they have, and you know, and, and maybe they, they, you know, you know it's one thing when everybody announced the segments and that everybody, well, this is a way to improve the racing, this and that. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me, and I always I always kind of put a little more. Uh, I, 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 when the casual fan, those are the people I want to talk yeah. to. Those are your most people, the most important people, I think. And there, it's all confusion. Why are they stopping the race? What's going on? And and the other thing, when they do that, Dennis, and we've talked about this, maybe they should just just note it that it ends instead of yellow flagging and everything. Sometimes those breaks are five to seven minutes long, and I've seen them go to ten minutes. And especially the caution flags too, like. It's still, And I'll rewind it just to note, how long is this caution flag? You know, and they have to, I mean, this is, it's 2020, man. You know, we always joke, hey, it's 2020. MTV, this and that, you got to move. You got to keep moving. And, and NASCAR just seems to be so lackadaisical, don't they?
3: Yeah, they are. And it's not just NBC not promoting the races during their other programming, although the last time we saw a network do this, it was ESPN, and then they didn't renew the next uh, time. But after the Southern 500, we're talking one of the icons of stock car racing. It didn't even make the three-minute segment on the national sports that I play on my radio show every morning uh, down here in Danville. So if the Southern 500 doesn't get any attention because nobody died and there wasn't a big fight, how can you expect a race at Richmond to get any attention either?
2: Real quick, uh, let's do predictions here before we go out. Uh, we're doing predictions for the cup race tonight at Bristol. Dennis, what says you?
3: Kyle Bush is my pick. I'm going to go out on a limb and pick the guy that hasn't
2: won all year. <laughs> all right. And, of course, uh, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, he's next, and he'll be posting these on the final inspection page here shortly. Uh, what's your prediction for tonight?
0: I'm not going out on as much of a limb, but I'm going to say Chase Elliott.
2: Ooh, Chase Elliott. Uh, I'm gonna go. I've been I've been seeing this for a while. I've been I picked him multiple times, especially early on. What the heck? I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney. Timmy Hill? Timmy, well, Timmy Hill, or Ryan Blaney. It might be the same guess. As, you know, it depends. We don't know which Ryan Blaney's gonna show up. But for some reason, I, I just got you know, I just got a feeling. Once again, that's a feeling. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, if you're going, if you're, if you have a, if you have a chance to bet, Harvick or Hamlin, <laughs> you can't go wrong. So.
0: Yeah, Harvick, Hamlin, and Keselowski. He showed some, uh, some amazing. Uh... Amazing speed on the short tracks this season.
2: All right, let's take a quick break here. Steve Zotke broadcasting live from Road America. You can hear the cars are firing up as the afternoon sessions are starting then again for the Aarons Fall Festival here at Road America. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Guy Hobbs uh, talking IndyCar racing. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.